awesome music I've ever heard. I think I've said that before, but this time I really mean it. Yeah, no, this is new because it's actually not Melody Loops. It's not MelodyLoops.com. No, this is... So what, their check to us for the sponsorship didn't... didn't <laughs> no, no. no, this is uh, Frilly Evil by Greg Hoffman. He does, well, used to do a weekly royalty-free music, like, f- for fun, so... Wow. I found some, and this one's good. I think I think we're gonna want to continue uh, continue using that. Uh, anyway, I am. Uh, I guess I should introduce myself and the podcast, right? Yeah, we should sort of get into that. So I'm Didge, your host, guide, and sometimes provocateur. <laughs> Have a little dramatic pause in there, and welcome to the seventh episode of So There's That, the podcast. Seven episodes, lucky seven. Pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Let me introduce my sidekick and co-host, Dante. Hello. <laughs> that's it that's yeah, all you got for me just hello well last time i interrupted you so i figured well i know that's why i was trying to get it quicker i tried to have a shorter dramatic pause this time so it was a undramatic pause that i took <laughs> yeah okay well this is going over really well yeah i think very effective very effective opening on our part yeah uh so <laughs> <laughs> let's <laughs> i guess let's get to uh let's get to how your week was yeah it was good i i've actually graduated now as opposed to the last week where i've said i've graduated but haven't congratulations thank you uh, i went to a graduation ceremony friday two years ago and that was it ha- um, um it was it was fine it wasn't great i mean it's cool to be graduated but it wasn't i i felt my brother's graduation like the speakers there were much better and it just kind of yeah, I mean, I, I will say, having gone through both of those, I was a mess at your brother's uh, graduation. Because, yes, I think the speeches were more about kids leaving home and and remember to stay in touch with your with your parents. And it was just, it was very emotional for her. And I think everyone was really weepy. I know I was. Uh, and this time, and, and, and I wasn't even on hormones back then. Yeah. And now I am. And uh, there were a couple moments where it got to me couple moments were you know but uh but no i thought i thought it was i thought it was very nice I thought yeah. it was very nice it's actually funny though because this is something that i've been sweating bullets about your graduation right yeah not so much because of your graduation i mean you're the last one yep getting you know we're approaching we are less than 90 days away from empty nest syndrome and so i'm selling the nest because <laughs> i just i don't think i can deal with an empty nest uh but the challenge i've had is that uh, I have been, I guess for, for new folks listening to the podcast, I came out as transgendered probably, what, nine or ten months ago. Yeah. And I started to, I guess, dress uh, kind of full-time, I don't know, four or five months ago. Yeah. And uh, and I, I've always sort of dressed down, you yeah. know, with jeans or leggings and boots and girls tees and hoodies and and uh and i just never had an outfit for something nice yeah and i haven't had to go to anything nice for a while the way i work you know i I tend to do writing and creative stuff so you get to kind of show up in a t-shirt and a blazer and and uh and that works that works so i've been trying to figure out what the heck i'm gonna wear because i wasn't ready to kind of wear a dress that's 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 a big step for me I wasn't ready to wear a skirt and heels and sort of the traditional graduation parental outfit. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I have really been struggling as, as, <laughs> <laughs> as you know. So I went with, I went with black jeans, 
that didn't look like black jeans. I yeah, thought they no, looked pretty good. Yeah, they right? looked like dress pants. And I went with um and I went with uh Madden Girl boots that came up to the knee. I, yep. thought, I thought those looked really yeah. nice. A little cavalier look, you know. And then I wore my first blouse I've ever worn out. And actually we got it when we went shopping, whatever it was a couple months ago. Yeah. And it's a dark green blouse, yeah. which was cut a little low for me, not too low for anybody else. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm just like, I'm just not show, used to anything yeah. which drops below like t-shirt level. And then I had um, I'd my black blazer that I got Express, which yeah. was my first girl shop. That was the, I, what, five yeah. hours of shopping. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing that I got. Uh, so that I felt pretty good about. And I got my ears pierced. Now seven weeks ago, but yeah. but you know it was six weeks ago, and I'd had studs in, and I decided that I wanted to get dangly earrings. I love dangly earrings, kind of a I guess it's like a bohemian kind of look yeah, is, yeah. is what I tend to go with, and so I found these wonderful turquoise, uh, blue type earrings, and well dangly, and I got them at South Moon Under. Which was which was a lot of fun. In fact, I went with a friend of mine, um, okay. who I used to work with at, at AOL. I've, my my nickname for her is K Girl, <laughs> uh, and it was my first it was my first jewel, jewelry shop with somebody. And so we went out and uh, and I found earrings. And then she said, "Well, you have to buy if buy a scarf." Then I'm like, "No, no, no! I'm just getting earrings. I I, I have scarves at home. It's okay. I, I I have a red scarf, which I like. Yeah. In fact, I have two red scarves, one yeah. of which I'm wearing now, but I have two red scarves and now I got blue earrings. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's too much. Your scarf has to match your earrings. And I'm like, you're putting me on, right? This is like a joke. This is like, you're like, this is, you're just making stuff up on the spot. So I buy more things. And I've since found from every single woman I've talked to is like, well, yeah, of course your scarf has to match your earrings. Like, <laughs> yeah. Of course it does. What's wrong with you? Yeah, just just get a little blue in your scarf. So I uh, so I bought a scarf. It was, I think it was very nice. Oh yeah, it was, light yeah. colored scarf that had like a blue in it and a red in it, and so that matched. And then I think I talked about a couple podcasts ago how I went to uh, Sephora. Yes. So I wore a little bit of makeup. I wore mascara only on the top, and crazy side balled my eyes out. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of lipstick, and I wore my hair up, uh, kind of a windblown look. And we took some photos. Nothing that's going on Facebook, right. but. I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I felt good. I felt good. Yeah. And, you know, we, we ended up going out, you know, with uh, with Dante's mom as well. And, and uh, you know, she saw me. And she's like, hey, you, you still look like you. Like in a good way. Not yeah. like, you know, bloke in a dress sort of way. But just like, oh, wow. Hey, you're still you. You're still who you are. So uh, so that that was cool. So, again, congratulations. Yeah. No, it was good. really good week. <laughs> Done with high school. And uh, next stop is, what, 80 some days from now. Yeah. Uh, you're going to start Maryland's to College of Art, which Absolutely. is very up yeah. in Baltimore, which is very exciting. It's very exciting. So again, congratulations. Yes, and and aside from graduation, how is the rest of your week? Well, I was in New York again. You know, I yeah. tend to go up to New York every other week, and uh, and this was wild. And, and again, this was a little stressful. I kind of had a semi college reunion. Oh. So, friends of mine from college, mostly fraternity brothers. Ha ha ha. Yes, <laughs> I know. Uh, and so we got we got together for an evening, and it was awesome. Wow. We met at Penn Station. A few of us met at Penn Station. So my best friend from college, who we shall call Gunther, because I, I don't always like to use everyone's real name on the podcast. Not everyone's, you know, really wants to be talked about. And so I kind of come up with code names yeah. for, for, for most of my friends. So Gunther, 
ran out of Gunther. He uh, he lives West Coast. And so I see him and he's like, oh, my God, he hadn't seen me. We'd only I'd come out to him on the phone. And and he was he was thrilled to see me. He's like, wow, you look great. And I give him a hug. And our other friend, who I'm going to call Benny, was on the phone with a client <laughs> and is ignoring me. And I can't figure out why he's ignoring me. Well, it turns out he didn't recognize me. He's trying to figure out why is this woman giving Gunther a hug? Like I'm on the phone. Gunther. I'm standing there and women are throwing themselves at <laughs> So that was cool. That again, another ego boost. Another yeah. ego boost that again peripherally, you know, I, I get I get read as female, which is nice. That's uh you know, that's nice. And then oh, oh, so <laughs> I decided I wanted to play practical jokes. So we but all of us had gotten together except for one person. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be really funny since he knew I'm transgendered, hadn't seen me, hadn't seen any photos, hadn't talked to me. So I thought maybe it would be fun to play a game, play a little practical joke on him. Yeah. So when we went to the bar, we went to Shorty's, which is a a Philly cheesesteak joint in, in New York. And I said, well, let's find a woman who's about my height and have her sit at the table and pretend to be me. And then when he shows up, go, Lindy, oh, my God, how you doing? I haven't seen you for forever. Big hug and just see what the facial expression was. Wow. But no one no one was really up for that. No one was really up that for that. That would have been fantastic. That would have been great. That would have been great. That would have gone down as one of the all-time. I'm still – maybe I may do that. I may eventually yeah. do that. No, you, have to, you absolutely have uh, to do that. With, uh, with somebody. Uh, but it was neat. Again, you know, we took photos. It was kind of funny because I, I – um, I said, look, I don't mind people taking photos. You just can't put them on Facebook. Right. Because, again, as I go, I'm happy to be who I am for my friends. But I, and we're going to talk about this in a bit, about Caitlyn Jenner and and that first photo, that first photo and the cover of Vanity Fair. That's very important because that photo becomes who you are. That's the photo that everyone has imprinted on their brain, that that's what Didge looks like as a girl. Right. So I'm very hesitant to sort of do that. Uh, yeah. So I said, look, hey, great. Love to hang out. Love to hang out. Love to do stuff. But no photos. But, you know, again, as nervous as I was, uh, it was a fantastic time. Fantastic. Everyone treated me the same as I've always been. And and they realized I'm still me. Yeah. You know, just 20 percent cuter. <laughs> and it was great. And I guess maybe I should say state that maybe the fraternity I went to is not your archetypical fraternity. Maybe not the fraternity that you sort of see uh, on TV shows and in the movies. Right. Uh, so again, really terrific, terrific group of guys uh, and a surprisingly small amount of alcohol actually oh, wow. actually consumed. Yes. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. So let's move on, I guess, to our next section, which is uh, corrections and clarifications. Yep. So, Dante, did you want – you wanted to, to mention something about Borderlands, yep, right? Yeah. The first Borderlands. Yeah, so I looked up – Borderlands 1 is not currently available for Mac. So the – whatever year and a half ago when I got the game, that was why I didn't play it first. I actually couldn't get it, so I skipped to Borderlands 2. So I I do still have that gene for wanting to do everything in order. Yes, and that's – and, that, and that, that is reassuring me. I should mention – uh, and uh, we have a group of people who have been sort of reaching out to us to almost after every podcast now, which is fantastic. So we yeah. actually have our group of regulars. And I'd usually bring this up under the mailbag segment. But Dan, 
dropped me a note and said, oh, by the way, Didge, Borderlands 2 is fantastic. So I'm waiting for a death match between you and Dan and, to discuss how great Borderlands is. Yeah. Because, or Borderlands 2, sorry. Well, Borderlands, Borderlands 2, 2 is, yeah. So uh, I guess the next thing is uh, Forest Rain. Oh, yeah. So you told me that like that on Bandcamp there is another way to contact Forest Rain. And, and that was great because YouTube isn't really the best option for doing that. So uh, whatever, yesterday I, I sent a message through Bandcamp. And, and I'm sorry, what is Bandcamp? So yes, so Bandcamp is a website for hosting music where you can sell albums. Music. It's 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 like iTunes, but it's like a website in of itself rather than like a system for it. Um, and really, just a place uh, to sell music. I think you get a higher percentage than like iTunes takes and all that. Um, but yeah, so there is a specific place to contact on Bandcamp for streaming. And actually, should we, we should probably mention, because again, because we're talking about Caitlyn Jenner today, we're probably getting, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably getting more people who have never listened to the podcast. We have a bunch of people who we've invited as guests. Yep. And one of them is Forrest Rain. Yep. Who is a brony, which is a fan of My Little Pony. And yep. there's an entire movement, we'll talk about this at length in some future podcast, and, and is transgendered. Yep, and she does amazing music. Yes, and uh, one very specific piece of music, uh, one song, uh, "Dare to Be Different." Great to be different. Great to be different. That's the variation I like. Is great to be different, <laughs> and it is. Uh, it's a spectacular piece of music, and so we thought it'd be neat to have Forest Rain on. Yeah, so I sent an email asking about it, and well, a message on Bandcamp, and this morning. I got an email back, so I was going to read it real quick. Wow! Oh my god! Yeah. Yes! Yes, yes, yes! So, hi. Yeah, good call on Bandcamp. I hardly ever check YouTube messages. Your podcast sounds really interesting. I'll have to take a listen to a couple of episodes. And so far as appearing, I'd love to. From what I read, it sounds like something that could benefit a lot of trans-slash-questioning-slash-gender-fluid people out there. And I know there's been a bunch who have contacted me about it. I'm currently away from home, but I would be available in the evening starting Thursday if you wanted to arrange a time. All the best. But then... It gets better. About an hour and a half later, sent another email that was... I, I almost died from happiness. Also, been listening to the podcast and reading a bit of the site. Very interesting site and seems like a fun podcast. Figured I'd add... Dig said on the podcast that they'd like me to come down for an in-person interview once I'm in the area. The good news for that is I'll be moving to Rockville, Maryland at the end of this month, so we could totally arrange that if you'd like to wait a few weeks. Oh my god! Oh my god! And for those of you who do not know the geography of Maryland, we are in downtown Gaithersburg. Yep. And Rockville is the next town south from it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's probably what maybe a twenty minute walk for rain for forest rain to yeah. come up here, <laughs> you know. So uh, yes, that's fantastic. Oh my god, this yeah. is great. No, this is uh, I'm super excited and and we'll figure something out for that. So end of the month, meaning end of May or end of June? Uh, end of June. Great, awesome. Well, this is this is very exciting news and uh, great. Yeah, I guess fantastic. maybe we should have kept that for the mailbag segment. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess it's sexually male. Yeah, that's fantastic news. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I don't want to like bring us down <laughs> and point out another one of my mistakes from last time. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Uh, anyway, so last time I talked about how popular the phrase "so there's that" right is. Yeah, and 
I happened to mention that it is, of course, from Caddyshack. <laughs> Bill Murray, of course, said that. And, of course, Bill Murray did not say that. He actually said, so I got that going for me, which is nice. And it's, it is horrifically a horrifically bad mistake for me to have made because I actually uh, produced or, or EP'd a Yeah! Movies version of Caddyshack for AMC. Uh, and, and what that means is that it, if you've ever seen VH1 pop-up video, we would take the story behind the story and we would put it up sort of like pop-up video, but sort of below the movie. And we would explain while you're watching the entire film, the entire story of the making, and we would interview different people. So I happen to know a lot about Caddyshack. And so I'm a little embarrassed that, that I yeah. <laughs> made that mistake, which means that the first time I probably heard that phrase on screen was the second episode of Breaking Bad, The Cat's in the Bag, written by... Ooh, Vince Gilligan. Yeah. Written by Vince Gilligan, who is another invited guest of ours, Vince, D-I-G at typingmonkeys.com. Uh, we have two more things for our corrections section. First one is not a correction. I attempted to pronounce someone's oh. name very slowly. And I thought incorrectly, but I pronounced it correctly. So Chantal Kriviazuk is the correct is the correct is the correct pronunciation. Yep. Okay. Even though I can't pronounce words right now at that <laughs> moment, even though I said it very slowly, just want to say that is correct. And then we got another note referencing something from last week, which is from Mike. Again, another one of our regulars who who contacts us. And Mike says DuckDuckGo has actually been around since 2006. Okay. <laughs> and is quite the darling of the open source software community. Yeah, I guess my very rudimentary Wikipedia looking up was not correct. So. Well, we know that Wikipedia is, is 90% accurate. Absolutely. So yeah. perhaps mm. that fell under the 10% that's not accurate. Oh, I misread it and like something happened in 2014. I'm blaming Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and it, that mistake might not even be there because people go in and they fix those things. So I'm going to go with it's Wikipedia's fault. Awesome. I'm good at that. So let's uh, let's, sh let's shift gears and move to updates. So we have an up. We this is fantastic. We we've heard from from Forest Rain. Yeah. Who I just want to start saying Rainforest now. <laughs> it is ridiculous, but anyway, yes. So Forest Rain. Yep. If you want to know why I'm pausing, it's because I'm running through my head and making sure that I have the words in the correct order. It's mm -hmm. I do this with you and your brother. When it's just the two of us, I know it's Dante. Always say Dante. Yep. But as soon as your brother shows up, I call you by the wrong name. Yeah. So anyway, so yes, uh, the, I guess Forest Rain, we we have the contact from. We have not heard from anybody else. Uh, and we are up to nine invited guests. I guess we have to figure out if Forest Rain does in fact come on the show in the next month. Which yeah. Would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, do we then get to cross her off the list and fill her slot? Ooh. In other words, do we always have 10 people? Yeah. So we are currently at nine, and we had a long discussion about number 10 because there's a lot of choices to pick from. Yeah. And I guess if we'd started this list from the beginning, he would already be on it because we've already talked about him. But Alton Brown from Food Network and yes. Good Eats and Feasting on Asphalt and a bunch of other stuff. But we've been fans for a long time. Yeah. 
and as I said before, you know, I've, I've met him a couple times and he, you know, my, again, my mom hates hearing this, but, uh, he taught me how to cook <laughs> and it was actually specifically the shepherd's pie recipe, which was a Sweeney Todd parody in the episode of, of Good Eats, but it taught me how to make gravy. I'd never made gravy before. I mean, I've warmed stuff up. I've used hamburger helper. I've yeah. done all these sort of things, but I'd never really truly cooked and understood how everything worked. Right. And putting the flour into the gravy, and he taught me how to use a cast iron skillet as yeah. well. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so I think uh, I think it would be great, great to have him on. Because, again, there's tons of stuff I can talk to him about. Uh, I don't know if you remember a, a couple of years ago, there was the movie... Julie and Julia, and it was a woman who wrote a book or did a uh, did a blog where every day she would do the next recipe from Julia Child's right whatever the art of French cooking yeah and I decided it would be fun to do the same thing so instead of Julie and Julia it would be Digin Alton and I instead of doing one every day we would we did one every week yeah so once a week me you and your brother would sit down and would go through the Good Eats cookbook in order. And we did, we started with steak, and that was when I got the cast iron skillet. Yep. And then we did baked potatoes. Oh, yes. Fantastic, absolute best baked potatoes I've ever had, courtesy of Alton Brown. And then omelets and eggs, scrambled eggs, uh, Caesar salad. Yes. And? Oh, and croutons. Very, we learned yes. how to make our own croutons, which are incredibly easy to make, and they are so tasty. Yeah. They are so tasty. And then we did fabulous roast chicken. Remember, I learned yeah. I'd buy special shears so that I could butterfly a chicken, and then we learned how to put different herbs and seasoning underneath the skin. Yeah. And then ice cream. We made our own ice cream, which was fantastic. We do. I think we also made a coffee uh, granita. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we did that for Thanksgiving one year. And then uh, biscuits, which your brother, frankly, he made the biscuits for us. I just kind of stood there and watched. Yeah. And then I think I made sawmill gravy, which was, I think, the last episode we got to. Yeah. I don't think we got to the onion, the French onion soup. Uh, and we obviously we did other recipes. We just didn't do them in, 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 yeah. in order. So Alton Brown, you are invited to be in this podcast. Uh, we're going to, again, we'll be in downtown Gaithersburg for yeah. the next 80-some days. Yep. And then I will be up in New York. And I actually have a location. I've actually found an apartment. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later because... You know, again, we talked last time about Bernie Burns and stalkers. So I don't know how much information <laughs> I can I can share. Yeah. But it's going to be in Lower Manhattan. Awesome. So yes, very exciting, very exciting. We talked a little bit about so there's that, and last time about where the term is from, and the reference from last time was that we were number eleven on the Google search, and that Breaking Bad. Yeah. The wiki quote was number 10. So the good news is that a couple of days ago, we moved from number 11 to number 10. However, Breaking Bad moved from number 10 to number 9. Oh. Now, here's the bad news. Some new article from like the Daily Mail has like a one-line article somehow bumped us. So they're now number 10. And we're back to number 11 wow. but next week fingers crossed uh i'm hoping that we're gonna jump back in top 10 and and give breaking bad a run for its for its whatever run yeah. for its luck yeah right that's the phrase run for its luck i always always run for its money 
That too. <laughs> that too. Run for its money. There you go. <laughs> so my big news, you have big news. My big news is that in the past four days, our downloads have spiked. As in, we have had more downloads in the past four days than we've had in the previous month. Wow. That, wow. And I can't figure out where the downloads are coming from. I mean, I know the Caitlyn Jenner thing's driving it. I understand that's what's driving it. But I don't know how people are finding us. We are still on iTunes. We're under new and noteworthy under the subcategory personal journals. And that's that takes some navigation to get to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how people are finding it because we're not up. If you type in transgender podcast or something like that, we're not popping up in the early results. So if any of you have listened to us for the first time in the past week or so, please drop us a note, D-I-G at typingmonkeys.com. Go to our Facebook page. So there's that, Adventures in Transgendering. Just pop that in a search and find our Facebook page. Uh, it's also on our website, adventuresintransgendering.com. Uh, let us know how you found us, because I feel like there's somewhere yeah. that's talking about us, and I can't find us in Google search. I can't find any of these references, and uh, uh, unless you know, it's just it's just our time. You know, every dog has its day. Maybe every <laughs> podcast has its day, and and that's ours. Yeah. Uh, I should also note that we're up to eleven five star reviews in the oh. U.S., and we got our very first. U.S. review. We have six reviews in London. The Brits love us. And, but we got our first Yankee review. Awesome. Would you like me to read it? Absolutely, yeah. All right. So, excellent podcast. This is a very entertaining and moving podcast intermixed with interesting topics and very personal moments. I'm greatly enjoying listening. My only complaint is that Dante hogs the airtime. More Didge, please. So thank you very much, Pat and Pope. <laughs> thank you very much for your kind words. That is fantastic. Dante, you heard that, right? Yeah. You talk too much, okay. man. <laughs> Just way too much. You need to let me get a word in edgewise every once in a while. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll try. So let's move the mailbag. Uh, and we got two le- two more letters. The first is from John in Orland, Pennsylvania. And he says, I had those Star Trek phasers as a kid. So our history of of laser tag, uh, actually it was the episode before when we talked about your prom and how the Hooters played my prom and whether laser tag was around yeah. during my prom, which was quite some time ago. Uh, so yes, I had those Star Trek phasers as a kid. Tons of fun, but the accuracy kind of sucked. The beam seemed to have scattered quickly over distance. Good times. Awesome. So I should note, though, that while our podcast downloads have been increasing our worst performing podcast is the one titled the history of laser tag i think because people don't understand that we're choking yeah that you can never really take a serious this is, of course it's not the history of laser tag <laughs> it was just what we'd promised the previous episode as a joke and so i thought it'd be kind of funny yeah but apparently we're too cute by half let me uh, i guess let's get to the to the last the last letter of the day. Yeah. Which is Brian from Herndon. I was on my way home back to the office from a doctor's appointment this morning. TMI. A little bit too much information, Brian. And I heard a bit of the Diane Ream show, which is uh, uh, National Public Radio, right? Okay. Uh, she's doing a show on the push for legal rights and social acceptance for transgender people. I was amazed, or transgender, I'm sorry, not transgendered, transgender people. I was amazed at how up I was and some of the issues they raised after listening to your podcast. 
So thank you very much, Brian. That's awesome. Wow. We're happy that we're informative. Yeah. And we're letting people know stuff. Yeah. So I think we are now going to hop in to the topic du jour, the obligatory Caitlyn Jenner podcast. Let me start with my history with Bruce Jenner, because I was around in 1976. I did watch the Olympics. In fact, it was maybe in the last Olympics that I that I watched closely, I think, because we didn't get to go. We didn't. There was no uh, summer games in 1980 because we boycotted the Moscow Right. Olympics. So this was this was what Montreal, nineteen seventy six, and the uh, decathlon was the most important event in the summer games. Nineteen seventy two, we had Mark Spitz, who was a swimmer, and that was huge. Is that summer or winter? I think that's summer, right? That's yeah, summer, right? yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And so, the decathlon. This was the big deal. This was the big deal. And the top two people going there was Bruce Jenner, the All American hero. And uh, the the evil Soviet. This was when the Russians were the evil Soviet empire. And Bruce Jenner defeated the Soviets. Yeah. And ran around with the American flag and, and was on a box of Wheaties. And, I mean, he was a genuine American hero. There wasn't anyone bigger that I remember coming out of the 1976 Olympics than Bruce Jenner. So I should say that wasn't until relatively recently that I understood that he was part of this Kardashian movement. Yeah. I'd never, I mean, I'd heard of the Kardashians, but I've never seen the show. Yeah. I'm not a big reality TV show person. And so I've never watched it. And so it was at some point, I'm like, wait, how is Bruce Jenner part of a Kardashian family? That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and so I slowly, slowly put two and two to, together. And obviously the tabloids and everyone has been talking about what's going on with Bruce Jenner and and transgender and all these different things. And I didn't say anything because I didn't know it, you know, until someone comes out publicly and wants to talk about it. It's none of my business. It's none of my business. And clearly, as I came out to people as transgender in the past, whatever, six, eight months, you know, that's one of the questions you get asked. And the problem is going into this, Bruce Jenner has been the butt of a lot of people's jokes, including late night. Like not just people hanging out in a bar, yeah. but late night television, he's been a punchline. So I watched, we watched, in fact, together, the Diane Sawyer special. Yeah. And I was interested to see what he was going to say. And I was nervous. I was nervous because we... I was becoming, it was becoming clear that Bruce Jenner was going to speak for transgender people in this country. Yeah. And I'm not comfortable with anyone speaking for me because I'm transgender, because I'm Italian, because whatever I am, I don't want people to talk for me. I, I'm going to talk for myself and you know this better than other people. I'm kind of go to the beat of my own drum. I'm, yeah. I'm very much kind of out there in left field and my opinions tend not to jibe with a lot of other people. So someone speaking for me, someone who leaves an impression of what it means to be transgender made me really, really nervous. And then I watched the special. First half hour, I was a little upset by these repeated questions about sexuality and that was frustrating, but I thought the final, I don't know, hour, hour and a half was very well done. And so many things that he talked about 
spoke to my experience of knowing about this since he was eight years old. Same case with me. I was eight was when I first started understanding that there was something different going on in my head and, and talking about, you know, being on hormones and, and male hormone blockers taking the edge off and how hard it was to pull that trigger. Because once you open that box, right, once you open the Pandora's box and you say, I am transgender, hear me roar, you can't go, April Fools, just kidding. And if people don't want to talk to you ever again and laugh at you and point at you, that's a tough life. So I, so that part, I completely, I completely understood. Right. I don't know if doing a two-hour special on ABC or whatever network it was is the way to go about doing it. And clearly, this is a person who has been a self-promoter throughout his life from the Olympics, from Wheaties. And so I was a little nervous of what this brand was that Bruce was going to create. There was one other thing that did also make me uncomfortable, shall we say. He talked about how you were going to, speaking to Diane Sawyer, you're going to meet her. Right. There's a scene where he's flying a helicopter as Bruce. And he goes, geez, you know, I wonder if I'm going to fly a helicopter as her. And it was almost as if she was somebody else. And this is not the way I have gone through my journey. Yeah. I'm not somebody else. I'm me. I'm merely on a journey. And and I am, I am revealing more of myself to other people. And I'm revealing more of myself to me. But it doesn't make sense to me that because I am transgender, I must stop watching football. Right. I should start reading romance novels because that's what women are supposed to do. So that there was a little bit of a chasm that made me nervous. It made me nervous because it wasn't my experience. But again, no one should believe that they know what a transgender person is, be it male to female or female to male. No person's experience is exactly the same as someone else's. So when I do this podcast, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. And when you talk and you've shared with us that you're gender fluid. Yep. You can only speak for yourself. Yeah. So with that out of the way, we're going to get to, I guess, the reason we're doing this podcast. Because to be honest, I didn't want to I didn't want to cover this topic. I have been assiduously avoiding it. But you have lunch with somebody. You're working with someone. You're having drinks with somebody. And it's like, well, you're a transgender. What do you think about Caitlyn Jenner? What do you think about the Vanity Fair cover? And I'm just like, yeah. oh, geez, I really, you know, I just kind of don't want to talk about it, to be honest with you. But it obviously people are coming to this podcast who are interested. And so let me share my take, which is just my take. So to start, I am very happy for Caitlyn. I think it's incredibly brave to do what she did. And I think she looks amazing. And I think this was incredibly important for her. 
because everyone expected this to be, forgive my language, but an ugly chick. That's what everyone was expecting. Yeah. So it was important that it not be a bloke in a dress, the way Eddie Zard talks about it, that this be someone who looks like a woman and being a Kardashian and building a brand and probably building a makeup line and probably building a clothing line and a shoe line and a this line and a that line. It was important that she be sexy. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and that she needs to work it. And she did. I mean, she did. Yeah. And again, for anyone who is unsettled by this, let's remember she is a Kardashian. Now, again, that said, <laughs> this was not the choice of attire that I would choose if I ever got to be on Vanity Fair, on the cover of Vanity Fair, which obviously I never will. <laughs> <laughs> but if I did, um, I wouldn't be wearing a corset. No. No, you're not. <laughs> so what I got to thinking when I saw the cover was, well, what would I wear? Because again, my picture's not out there. Right. I'm not out on Facebook. Yeah. So what's that picture that I want people to think of me as? And it's important for people to realize that I'm still who I am. I'm still Didge. I've been Didge since I wrestled in high school and I couldn't fit my last name on the headgear, and the only thing that fit was the first three letters, D-I-G. And that's how I got my nickname, and I've had that since I was whatever I was, 16 years old. Yeah, wow. So I think my photo shoot would be joyful, happy, and goofy. I think those are the three sort of things that I'm looking for. Yeah. Sexy is not one of those top five, top ten adjectives. Because for me, I don't think sexy is what defines a woman. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a, you know, I like to joke that I'm a lesbian trapped in a man's body. That's a joke. But, but you know, I still, I like women. And so I like to find women sexy, but I, but that's not... That's not the entirety of a person's being, and it's not the entirety of what it means to be a woman, and that's the sort of stuff that we've read about. Yeah, that people are very upset about that, and so, you know, I don't, I don't want to trash Caitlyn Jenner because it's incredibly brave, and it took a lot of hard work, and she's building a brand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But by the same token, I understand people having an issue with it, right? Because I got to be honest with you, I. I kind of have an issue with it. Not that I'm horrified, not that I'm angry, not that I'm outraged. Right. But I'm just like, well, geez, that's not what I would do. So I decided, well, if I had a seven-page photo shoot, again, I'm being delusional right now, <laughs> but I get this cover and six shots in Vanity Fair. Their budget, right? Not mine. Their makeup, not mine. Yeah. Here's what I think I would go with. The cover would be me. What I wore to your graduation. I jokingly call it lesbian chic. <laughs> yep. uh, I think it's a little bohemian chic, boho chic. Not not hippie, but creative, vagabond, scarves, yeah. dangly earrings, 
windswept hair, jeans, maybe leggings, boots, blazer, but something that is, I don't know, empowering? Right. I hate to say that, but that's just sort of the vibe of creative and joyful and alive and, and you know, this is who I am. So I think that, that would be, that would be the cover. And then the other six photos, first one would have to be goofy. Would have to be me probably in a, in a sea of scarves, trying to figure out what scarves I'm supposed to wear. Uh, Probably the next one would be me in the morning. I mean, not me, actually, what I look like in the morning, not before I moisturize. <laughs> but me in the morning in desperate need of coffee. Yeah. You know, think of that Garfield, you know, I hate Mondays. Yeah. That sort of vibe. And then I would have some fun. And because these are the photo shoots that I look at when I'm at the supermarket in line flipping through stuff is the people who John Malkovich does this, who have fun with classic photos or movies or things like that. So I would do Ripley from aliens, not, not Ripley from alien singular, not the panty shot. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking the badass shot with the big gun about to take on the alien queen. Yeah. I think that would be fun because again, very strong female character. Love Sigourney Weaver. And the number five, I'm thinking The Bride from Kill Bill, rocking the katana. Yeah. Because I'm a big Tarantino fan. Uh, big Jap- I was Japanese history minor in college. A big fan of Kurosawa and manga and anime. And God knows we'll talk about this at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have a boken, which is a wooden samurai sword that yeah. I... I don't really do much with, but, but, you know, one of these days, you know, once I move to New York, I'm sure no one will be phased by me going outside and practicing with a, with yeah. a, a wooden sword. Just another day. Just another day in New York. Just another day in New York. Number six, I'm going to move off this path a little bit and go back to my childhood of sort of the first female character who I saw on television who uh, wasn't ditzy. And and actually was the the protagonist of the story, and was smarter than everybody else, and that would be uh, Samantha Stevens from Bewitched. Yeah, because <laughs> she also like she racked the capri pants all the time, yeah, and things like that. So it would just be you know the 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 twitching, the crinkled nose, which I just thought was the most awesome thing. And as a kid, and it's something that I didn't. It took me forever to understand this was that. One of the reasons this character spoke to me is because I thought it would be so neat to be able to crinkle my nose and and be a girl when no one was around. Yeah. And then be able to switch back so no one ever had to know. And I thought that would be so neat. And then I guess the last one, number seven, uh, it would be maybe a film noir, femme fatale, you know, maybe like a black and white shot with like red lips. Yeah. So like the only color would be the red. So it kind of be like the, what Frank Miller did with um, with Sin City. Yeah. Not what he did with 300. <laughs> not dining in hell. Not killing you know thousands of people. But just you know kind of that film noir sort yeah. of shot. So so I think that would be that would be my photo shoot. And uh, it, so have you thought about this all? Have you thought I about have. what your photo yeah. shoot might be? No no I, I was going through ideas. Originally I was going to go. I I don't have seven. I just have a bunch of ideas. But it turns out I have seven ideas. So. That's perfect. The cover would probably be what what I like wearing, which is when I'm dressing femininely, 
<laughs> I, I like sleeveless shirts. I like, like, not just short sleeve, but, like, when there are no sleeves. I really like those shirts. I like, and, like, loose and, and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know, like, the what are the leggings that are, that don't go the whole way down? They, like. Like capri? Yeah. Capri pants. I don't know. I'm the wrong one to ask. Yeah, whatever. I just learned how to match my <laughs> earrings with my scarf. <laughs> Seriously, you got to figure out someone who's like further along than yeah. Than so, so they're like the leggings or tights that like stop before your knee, and then like oh, like above the knee. Yeah. Oh, those are like uh, like bicycle pants. Yeah, like bicycle that. pants with okay. like with See, like something I, over it. I know my stuff. Yeah, I know I yeah. know my style. I'm rocking it. <laughs> and, so, and like I, I like like an over the shoulder shot because like that's what I always think is neat. <laughs> like I like that. Like, <laughs> and then the other six. See, I didn't even think of poses. <laughs> I'm just like, well, what am I going to wear? I'm so superficial. What am I going to wear? And here you're posing, which I guess is why I'm the writer and you're the artist, right? <laughs> like, you're like, this is how I'm going to pose it. I'd like the lighting like this. I'd like the camera positioned over here. And The other six aren't as descriptive. They're all from things. It's So I don't, like, want to be from, like, it's not cosplay. I, do. I wouldn't want to be, like, dressed as something from a show or, or whatever. I want to be, like, dressed as something from the universe the show takes place in. Okay. Like that. So, uh, Ruby, which is done by Rooster Teeth, I'd love to uh, have... Okay, I think you need to give a little bit more background okay, on Ruby. Fine. Rooster Teeth, well, uh, uh, Bernie Burns was a guest I talked about earlier. and well, um, A prospective guest. He's not a guest yet. Uh, sure. or, or, did, or did you receive an email from <laughs> Bernie Burns... Saying, was it just like we just talked about Forest Rain and, and next week, you know, we'll talk about the Bernie Burns. Yeah, we're getting to that. Because you have Bernie Burns' phone number. Of course. Because it was, uh, it was uh, what, leaked during one of those uh, yeah. live action things. But no, um, so Ruby is an animated uh, show done by Rooster Teeth where all of the characters are very, like, they, they're very colorful. They tend to follow a specific color that they have that style throughout the entire thing. And I really love the style and I love to dress like I was well, it's a, it's an anime world. style. It's, it's an not anime. anime. It's not anime, but it's in. But that it's type that of... card captor Sakura, or Sakura. Yeah, yeah. But no, like um, main characters like all red and like a combat skirt, and then other ones. Fiera's orange, and I I sorry, I really like the color. Utna Utna was another uh, anime that had that sort yeah. of that that sort of style. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. I'd love to have almost like. Um, like a uh, not not a Dalek, but like a a Doctor Who creature thing. Like I, I don't know how to describe, it, but like an outfit like that. I a Doctor Who creature or a Doctor Who Doctor Who creature. Like a, a so so a if we did a joint, thing. if yeah. we did a joint photo shoot, I could do a female Doctor. You could, yeah, but that's not. <laughs> and then you could be like the creature. Yeah, yeah, or I could be on my own. So so yeah, don't don't horn in on my photos. Is kind of what you're trying to say. I'm a teenager. I think vanity comes with that. So well, I'm a I'm a teenage girl on the inside. You know, like that's as far as I've gotten. Again, <laughs> earrings. Just got my ears pierced. Going through yeah. puberty. Come on. Um, I've seen uh, things. I something I really like. Um, the main antagonist of Gravity Falls, done by Alex Hirsch, another hopeful guest, uh, Bill Cipher. I like. It's it's essentially the Illuminati triangle with like an eye and a top hat, and I I'd love to have like a like a yellow dress that has like the brick formations on it, like a top hat and monocle, like really classy, but like that. 
Well, monocle and a top hat. You got to be classy. Absolutely. With monocle and top hat. There we go. Like, just look at Mr. Peanut. Mr. <laughs> Peanut, pretty classy. That's the first thing you think. You see Mr. Peanut, you go, wow. oh, wow. That's... Classy. These have got to be classy peanuts. Classy peanut. Uh, yes. Another one would be, like, not mismatched, but like a almost like a patchwork. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just, I'm now thinking of people with monocles and top hats, and now I'm thinking Monopoly. <laughs> right that, that's the class the old guy the old guy with the with the top hat and the monocle i'm sorry i'm going to interrupt you continually as i think of more I, and more people i just hold my hand who had, and be like, nope who had top hats and monocles mind. right <laughs> but no like like a, a mismatch like outfit where not miss oh sorry uh like a patchwork where like the different pieces are different colors and different fabrics and i would love to do that that sounds awful uh, uh. <laughs> the awful old, in the good way awful, awful in the good in way awe in inspiring way. there we so go so i'm thinking colonel clink had a monocle but he didn't have a top hat yeah so colonel not, clink not, from hogan's heroes so not quite classy enough not quite no nazi classy yeah i don't think nazis really were classy <laughs> well, and, and maybe in own, you know indiana jones and in their you own know right. a few of those movies had a little bit you know, um but then then like a magical girl, like the actual like Sailor Moon card captor Sakura, like a like after the transformation thing. I I I'd love to not like exactly how they do it in the show, like like a quirky take on it. Like I I I'd love to have devil horns. I think that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> no, that would be cool. That, no, I mean I look if if I were younger, I I would I would apparently not be in your photo shoot, nope. but I understand the appeal. But uh, yeah. And then the last one. Well, hell, I mean, look, I'm wearing a Sailor Moon, I'm um, a Sailor Jupiter yeah. T-shirt right now, and I actually have a pizza stain on it yeah. because I still eat pizza. Pizza when lying on my back, apparently, <laughs> and I'm incapable to uh, to find uh, where my mouth is. Yeah. So you know, no, and then the last one would be I I really like sweaters, so it'd be like sweater. That's like that's a sweater, like a really a cool sweater. I'd okay, like I think if I were the the person the producer on this setting this up, I would probably want a little bit more information. Sweater, because there's a lot of different directions that you can go. In <laughs> fact, I was reading about bohemian, and sweaters were the first sort of gender neutral piece of clothing. I guess they are. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so that's part of is like bohemian has sort of a a a gender style to it at least like in the 1800s and, and early 1900s so when you say sweater there's think, a lot okay, of directions so, we so can go with think the sweaters that mabel from gravity falls wears like those types of sweaters so neon plug into the wall light up light up that sort of yeah that sort fun of look. sweater i want fun i like fun fun is fun <laughs> So yeah, that those are my seven. I've gone through seven now. So I guess the Vanity Fair folks, you know, let us know when you're ready for us. Dag at typingmonkeys dot com. Yeah, and uh, you can reach both of us there at oh, that yeah. email. We don't have to give you Dante's email. Can yeah. just be mine. Yep. Uh, and you can reach both of us. Uh, yeah. And I guess we're doing separate photo shoots. Right? Yeah. On our yeah. own. So we'll have to do two different covers. Now it is interesting though. Did you see the BuzzFeed? Oh yeah, you showed that to me. Yeah. So there there was a Buzz, BuzzFeed article. Uh, where is my Vanity Fair cover? <laughs> and it was other people who are transgender, who aren't famous, didn't win gold medals in 1976. Yep. And so they did sort of their version of their Vanity Fair cover and call me Crystal or call me whatever. And uh, and so, yes, that was uh, that was kind of cool. And But I got to say that we came up with this idea before we saw that. 
Someone sent that to us. Someone shared it with us. Uh, but that was actually what I went with was that, you know, again, I, I saw the cover and immediately, wow, she looks fantastic. Not what I would do. Yeah. Not what I would do. And so it's weird going on Facebook and talking about how transgender male to female don't have a clue. Yeah. They think this is what it means to be a woman. And so it's hard because, well, number one, as you know, I've never claimed to be a woman trapped in a man's body. Yeah, except in jokes. So. In joke of like, hey, I'm a lesbian trapped in a man's yeah. body. But, and I sort of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I guess my question for people who say, I don't have a clue, and transgender folk don't have a clue because you haven't lived the experience. I mean, there's a New York couple New York Times articles and opinion pieces that talk about this, that because we haven't experienced life as a woman, how can we claim to be women? Right. And I don't disagree with this. I kind of disagree with the tone a little bit because yeah. it's a little patronizing. But I don't disagree with it, and it's why I've never claimed that I am a woman, because I don't know what it means to be a woman. But what I am learning, and what I have been learning in the past six to eight months, as I've been living full-time, is I feel like I'm I'm getting a clue. I feel like I'm getting a clue. And, and this would be my question to these people who feel this way. Not in anger, but in a positive, groovy way. Yeah. When did you get a clue? Were you born with a clue? Like, were you in the womb and you clues were being ha handed out when you were eight years old, when you were 12 years old? Or was it your experience as a teenager going through puberty and going from being just kids playing to having a chest that people started looking at and not being able to play sports in the same way and not being able to do all these different things? is what I'm experiencing now. You know, as I said, as I said in a previous podcast, my girls are growing up. My, my chest is growing. Yeah. And I wear, one of the reasons I wear scarves is because I'm trying to like not show it off. Right. And I'm aware, I get looked at all the time now. People check out my legs. People make comments. People treat me differently. But, you know, it's, that's life. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning. So the folks who do go on and say that the trans movement doesn't understand what's going on, again, I will only speak for myself. I, again, I don't like this sort of blanket statement for any group. Italians are this. African-Americans are this. Gay men are this. Yeah. Trans male to female are this. I, I think we should be allowed to be individuals. Yeah. And I think and I think we should be treated as such and I think and I think we should be I think we should be allowed to speak for ourselves. And I understand that in society we like labels. Cuz it makes life simpler. If this person is liberal and this person is conservative and this person is transphobic and this person is racist and this person is a misogynist, then you no longer need to listen to them as individuals because you know what they represent. 
And I'm always going to break the mold. Yeah. <laughs> I am never going to fit in a box. And I like that. I like that. And I and I like treating other people that way. I I enjoy, I love meeting new people and seeing how they are unique. And I guess my view is, is show me what you got. Show me how awesome you are. And if, and if you're petty and if you're narrow-minded and if you're racist or if you're transphobic or if you're whatever, I'm not going to deal with you in my life. Yeah. But I'm not going to prejudge that. I'm not going to assume that anybody is that way. So I guess let me get to some of the other things that people have said, which is that the cover with the corset speaks to objectification of women. And I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I mean, again, I said this before that Caitlin is trying to create a brand. And I guess I can point out that I understand where she is coming from. Because as I went through this journey in my life, I did try to figure out what it meant to be female. Yeah. And I didn't get to talk to girls about it. I didn't get to talk to anyone about it. So where did I get my view of what a woman was? I went to Glamour magazines. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Glamour magazine. So I guess my question would be, how is Vanity Fair's cover any different than the other 15 glamour covers that are on the stands right now. Yeah. I agree that it's objectification, but I would argue and suggest that the other covers are doing the exact same thing. And when you are transgendered, and especially when you're a celebrity, I mean, God, I'm not a celebrity, and I hid this successfully from every single person in my life until I told them. I mean, I told my girlfriend before we got married what I was going through because I didn't think that was fair for her to be surprised after we got married. I think getting married is sort of a solemn bond and yeah. and no lies. You know, you go in there with no lies. But we are struggling with it. We are in denial and we are struggling with what it means to be feminine. And so, especially back in the day, pre-internet, you it was magazines. It was movies, right? It was TV shows. That's what it meant to be female. Yeah. And that's what it meant to be a woman. And so I've had these wonderful epiphanies every couple of weeks. And the first one was that I'm me. I don't have to try to be a woman i have to simply be me yeah and if that's perceived as female great and if it's not perceived as female so be it but i'm going to be content with who i am but there are people as they go through this process and i was certainly there years ago that there's a compensation there's a compensation as to you know i've never been able to do this and again you look at teenagers 
look at teenage daughters and what they wear to parties that parents are horrified. <laughs> You're not going to wear that skirt, are you? You're not going to wear that dress, are you? <laughs> you know, and then hopefully by a certain age, they're like, okay, I kind of got that out of my system. So that may be the case with Caitlin. I don't know. But again, I don't want to speak for her and I don't want her to speak for me. Right. I am not the Lorax. I do not speak for the trees. I do not speak for Caitlin. I would quote some more Dr. Seuss, but, uh, but, and I actually did not have to look that up. That is from when I was a kid. I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees for the trees have no tongues. I speak for the trees. Okay. That's as much as I know, (laughs) but it is, that is so true that you're struggling to figure out what it means, what this all means. And for Caitlin, it means the clothing. And I understand it because she's a Kardashian. Yeah. But for me, this was the eye-opening moment, was when I finally, legitimately contemplated living full-time as female. That I wasn't going to hide who I am anymore. Right. And I'm going to express myself the way I want to. Because you only get to dress up every three months. Yeah, you're going to wear club wear. Yeah, you're going to wear sexy wear because you never get to wear it. Yeah. And you go on various forums online. And you read about all these other people's journeys. And they talk about... HRT and RLT and RLE and SRS. And there are these magical things that that maybe one day I can do. And their HRT is hormone replacement therapy. RLT is real life transition. RLE is real life uh, experience, which is sort of a, a newer version. I know it sounds like a Red Dwarf book, but, uh, you know, it's 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 living as as female. And then SRS, which is, um, uh, I guess, the sex reassignment surgery. And you look at some of these posts and you see people in their signatures have, this is how long I've been on hormones. And this is how long it's going to be until the doctors approve me doing a test and living as a woman. Yeah. And that was how we, those of us who had no one to talk to, who are even afraid to create an account on a forum. This is how we viewed this. This is what it meant to be transgendered. This is how you progressed. And oh my God, maybe one day I'll do this. So when I started this journey, I didn't go to those forums. And what I found was, I don't even know how long I've been on hormones anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, after the math, I think it's 10 months now. And I took hormones on and off for a couple of years before that. So I've had estrogen in me for longer than that. I started wearing women's clothing full time. I don't know, beginning of the year. So maybe five months ago. But no one noticed when I started. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to go out. Now I'm going to wear a gown. I'm going to wear a Kentucky Derby hat. That wasn't what it was about for me, it was wearing women's jeans yeah, instead of men's jeans. 
wearing women's boots instead of guy boots and wearing women's t-shirts instead of guy shirts. And no one noticed. If anyone noticed anything, I just looked like I was an aging Brooklyn hipster. <laughs> yeah. You know, people were like, wow, you're kind of dressing the creative type role, aren't you now? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Look at me do this. Because I had to figure out what I wore every day. When I go up to New York for three or four days, what am I going to wear? When I'm in the house alone on a Sunday, when you and your brother aren't around, what do I wear? It's not that magazine cover, right? It's not a corset. Yeah. It's not that red slinky gown. Yeah. What do you wear? And what am I wearing now? I'm wearing a t-shirt and yoga pants. <laughs> and yoga pants are the greatest piece of clothing I think ever created. They are so incredibly comfortable. And it's funny, I didn't know what yoga pants were. I'd never heard of it before. We were watching Big Bang Theory. And Penny, someone was making fun of her that she never does anything. She just sits around the house wearing yoga pants. And she goes, well, they're comfortable. And I'm like, oh, my God, I must find out what these what these <laughs> things called yoga pants are. you know. And, uh, and again, these were little things that I had to do because I don't have this experience. I don't have a clue. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I had to gain it. I had to gain it. And it became, it got to a point for me now where I don't notice what I'm wearing. When I'm walking down the street and I get a few more looks than I usually get, I'm like, I kind of looked at, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Probably shouldn't have worn leggings today. Okay. Right. And I think that's real. And again, I'm not trying to diminish anyone else's journey because it is so joyful to start this journey. It is so joyful to start this journey. But the problem is when you start this journey, it's pretty public. When you decide to go full time and you've never been able to do that, it's out in the open. So the Caitlyn Jenner who we see today is not the Caitlyn Jenner that you're going to see six months from now or a year from now or two years from now or five years from now. And so I don't know if she should inherently be judged by Vanity Fair. Right. By her first coming out experience. And I think it was important for her to make a statement that the narrative wasn't Oh my God, did you see how ugly that dude is? And so perhaps Caitlin went too far in the opposite direction. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, and I happen to agree with it. I, I'm not trying to pass judgment. There are TV shows I like, there are TV shows I don't like. So again, looked at the cover, not not what not what I would have done. I guess let me, I guess, kind of try to wrap this up a little bit with with a couple with with a couple other thoughts because I, I I went on Facebook and I asked people who follow the podcast hey if you have anything you want me to talk about and and man I got a lot of questions and a lot of articles sent to me about Caitlyn Jenner too many I mean I'm not complaining <laughs> well okay I'm complaining but I don't mean to complain I just can't cover them all so let me cover I guess kind of the one that struck me was the question as to whether Caitlyn 
Jenner is a hero and is more deserving of awards, heroic awards for bravery than soldiers who have lost limbs in wars. So obviously, people who have fought in wars are heroic. You know, and <laughs> anything against that. I can speak for myself and say that I really don't view the world of real life as heroes as much as it's heroic moments and heroic acts. I think the moment we make someone a hero and claim that this person is a hero who's not fictional because fictional characters can be heroes and, yeah. they, and they can have no flaws. But the moment we look at someone and say, you are a hero in the entirety of your life and the entirety of your existence and we build this statue to you and we cheer you, the moment that person does something that is unheroic, we are disappointed and we are let down and we are shocked that another human being has feet of clay. So I try not to put anybody on that pedestal and say, hey, you are a hero to me. You are heroic to me. When you did this, that was clearly a heroic act that you should be lauded for. But I just don't feel that it is right for us to put people in that position to have to be perfect all the time, especially when these people have secrets like I did, like Bruce Jenner did, that you think people will laugh at you and mock you of they don't know who I really am. So let me tell a little tiny story about heroes. When I was in high school, we had to write, uh, you know, an essay about who our hero was and why. And there was a boxer, Roberto Duran, who was my hero. He was, he was small like I was, and he was tough, and he was scrappy. And he fought Sugar Ray Leonard, who was the media darling, and, and uh, I think 1976 as well, 1976 Olympics as well, uh, was one of the other heroes as a boxer. And was cocky, and it, you know, so was Duran, but there's something about him that I really liked. And so they fought, and Sugar Ray Leonard was undefeated and was supposed to just destroy Duran. And Duran, in this 15-round fight, one of the best fights I've ever seen, beat Sugar Ray Leonard. So seven months later, they have a rematch. And the next day after the rematch is when the papers do. So I wrote before the fight, because this was like pay-per-view sort of thing, so you could only listen to it like on the radio and they would simply tell you what happened at the end of each uh, uh, round. So I wrote Roberto Duran as my hero, and this is why. He never quits. He never quits. Well, that night, Roberto Duran quit in the fight. He was getting outclassed. To this day, we don't know exactly what happened. But in the seventh or eighth round, he said, no mas, no mas, no more, no more. And became a laughingstock in the sports world. And I learned that day <laughs> that this is someone who is capable of heroism. This is someone who is capable of heroic acts. But in that day was not a hero. And I had to rewrite it 
Think about Fafra and the Grey Mauser, who were <laughs> two fictional characters yeah. who were heroic because they because they were they were fictional. So let me, I guess, wrap this up. And I'm sure we'll kind of come back and talk about this because there's so many things we can cover, but I didn't want to avoid it. I didn't want to not talk about it. So let me wrap by saying, Caitlin, good for you. Good for you. Number two, Vanity Fair, for some reason, at least from what I've seen, has avoided any sort of culpability in this photo spread. Yeah. So I think maybe, yeah, you want to have an issue with the selection of photos. You can blame Caitlin for that. If you don't like my photo selections for my Vanity Fair seven-page thing, you can fault me too. But I think Vanity Fair has some culpability. Yeah. Which will probably suggest that I'm not going to get a Vanity Fair cover <laughs> at, at some point. And probably by extension, you probably won't get one yeah. either. And my final thought, I feel like uncle from Jackie Chan Adventure. One more thing uh, is that it's important if you are now coming to hear and read and listen and see experiences that transgender people are doing for the first time, we are all individuals. We are all individuals. We all have different stories. And, and simply because you get to see what Caitlin has done simply because you listen to this podcast, simply because you read a book of someone else's experience. That's not, obviously, that's not the entirety of the experience. So all I can say is I am me and I am Didge. And, well, I am mighty. <laughs> yeah. So this might be our longest podcast. Uh, I was kind of expecting that. So let me quickly, as quickly as I am capable run through our wrap. Check out our blog at adventuresintransgendering.com. Got a link to the Facebook page there. We have all the previous podcasts. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, we also have the blog that, uh, that, that Forrest Rain endorsed uh, is, on, is on the site. And uh, that sort of chronicles my first, I don't know, what, 45 days of once I accepted and I had this clarion moment of I accept, I am transgendered, hear me roar. I sort of had tracked all of what my experience was like in those first 45 days and where my head was at. I'd like to thank all the listeners and all the new listeners. This has been, again, we started this just as something to do. Yeah. Something to have fun. And people are sharing the word far and wide. And people are giving us good reviews on iTunes. And people are starting to leave reviews. And we're getting mailbag stuff. So this has just been tremendous. So thank you to everyone who listens, everyone who drops us a note, uh, everyone who's involved. Thank you. Thank you. This really has been has been a lot of fun. And so I guess my final piece will be if you have any questions, if you have any comments, email me at dig at typingmonkeys.com and, uh, and we'll, see if, uh, we'll see if we can get your questions answered. So, Dante, you're going to play us out, right? I'm going to play us out. This is Frilly Evil by Greg Hoffman.